Sports Stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hola, and welcome to this fine program here today. The month of April is now upon us. That means just another month before things maybe get back to normal. Hopefully, everyone is safe and healthy and is stocked up on bread, ramen noodles, and milk. And toilet paper. So one time I think that people toilet paper your house and you're not angry about it. Just take it down and, you know, reuse it as long as it doesn't rain. Hey, that's up to you. Whatever, uh, just tips from Uncle Mike. But a, uh, a fine program here today. And as the joke goes with Conan O'Brien, I don't normally say that. But I'm a big fan of uh, tonight's show. And uh, I, I love this show. I just uh, gives me an opportunity to talk to a lot of fine folks in the world of sports in the area and let you know what they are up to. Tonight's guests, Ryan Bruns, comes back to talk about his transition from being 20-0, played in the Spanish leagues, and how the COVID-19 virus kind of changed his world and has him back at home, quarantined for a couple of weeks. Uh, that should be just about past as uh, he gets done with that. Doug Hughes, the uh, Parkway boys basketball coach, will talk about his season and how it came to an end, how he had to tell the boys as well. And Cade Whitaker, a very smart young man, a senior and a three-sport athlete from Van Buren, talks about how uh, his world has turned upside down with two of his three sports being eliminated, one of which the wrestling portion of it, in that he was about to go to state and take on the defending state champion. Talks about that, all of that coming up here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. This is Brandon Gordon, and you're listening to Mike Hearn. Back here on the show talking to Ryan Bruns. Just a couple of months ago, we talked about what it was like with your season going on. You were able to get back over after the holidays, a couple of weeks home to recharge. But now, after a 20-0 start, you guys, you're back home for, well, at least the foreseeable future. Yeah, correct. So uh, I came home. Oh, it was a week ago from this past Tuesday. Uh, the league had suspended it for two weeks, and I knew Spain was kind of lagging behind Italy, kind of following them. And so I knew it was going to get even worse in Spain before it got better. And, you know, and talking with my roommates and the coaches and a lot of people, they were all saying the same thing, you know, pretty much, you know, it's not a matter of if they're going to cancel, it's when they're going to cancel, which – Spanish Basketball Federation has continued to push that back and back. In fact, just yesterday they announced that they were suspending another two weeks. So now, if everything were ideal, we would resume play on April or after April 12th. But the odds of that happening, in my opinion, are slim. But that's the date that they have suspended it to currently. Well, and it's kind of a crazy thing, too, because it's a little bit like some of the stuff that happened here where you're behind and you're kind of waiting to see. You don't really want to cancel it, and uh, the OHSA had that with the winter tournament. You're kind of holding out hope, but then you kind of get to a point where, all right, I've now got to do something about this. Right, and yeah, I understand with you know OSHA and them not canceling it right away because obviously it's a tournament and it's towards the end. But from our situation, <clears throat> excuse me, the federation controls three leagues on the men's side and then two leagues on the women's side. So, I mean, there's there's hundreds, if not thousands of players that they're dealing with, and a lot of them are foreign-based from different countries. So, you know, it's not one of those things where, hey, we can suspend the league and everyone's still going to be at home and we can resume it. You know, like high school, you know, suspending that, you know, it makes more sense because everyone's like, all right, that's fine. You know, everyone just goes home. Whereas, you know, playing over there on my team alone, we had five guys from different countries outside of Spain. So it was like, you know, they're kind of, you know, some of them, their borders 
foreclosing sooner than what the U.S. did. So it was like, you know, I have to make a decision right away whether I'm going home or staying. I can't wait to see around of what's going to happen. And so a lot of them went home right away. And so that's, that's where it's kind of harder. And I understand it from their point, too, because they will lose a lot of, like, I think the one guy told me millions of dollars. I'm not sure how many millions, but I know they will lose quite a bit, you know, if they were to cancel it just in paying things out to the teams, I guess. But, you know, at the same time, you got to make a decision, too. You can't just, you know, oh, this week we're going to suspend it another week and then another week and things like that. So, But I'm not on the Federation, so I can't make that call. The good news is you don't have to be the guy to make that call and take that kind of heat. Right, yeah, that is also another good thing because, yeah. You just got to figure out how to get a plane ticket and go home. Right, exactly. Yep, that's very true. Well, and it's kind of crazy, too, because uh, the article in the Daily Standard that Colin Foster wrote last week talks about the other guys you're talking about. You have Denmark, Israel, Senegal, Nigeria. Uh, Willis Mackey, of course, played here in the area, in the Bahamas. And that's, uh, you know, that's a heck of a lot of different worlds to sort of think about, all right, how do we get them back here and what's waiting for them when they get there? Right, yeah. You know, I was very lucky going into the season to have, you know, so many people from different countries on my team because you really get to see, you know, different cultures and talking with them and see how they were raised and, you know, how they do things when they're growing up. But then also on the flip side of this, when this all happened, you know, everyone trying to get home. And then if they do resume the league, it's like, well, then getting back and, you know, what is their country like compared to Spain if we were to go back and things like that. So there's there's two sides to that coin, you know, good and bad. You talked about in uh, the article with Colin about, and I love this because my wife spent some time studying in Spain and she talked about the same thing about how the middle of the day businesses close when you're out and between practices of everybody takes their siesta. How did you find kind of how to, I want to say how to survive, so to speak in the middle of the day when there was nothing going on? Um, So a lot of times, you know, depending on how hard that first practice was in the morning, I would participate with them and take a nap as well, just to let my body (laughs) recover. So I can't say that I uh, didn't participate. I definitely took my fair share of naps while I was over there. But then other times, too, you know, we could just hang out because I had two roommates in my apartment. So hanging out with them or, you know, reading or watching TV always kept us busy in between practices like that. It's a little bit like college then. Yes, exactly like college, just minus the classes, which is the best part, in my opinion. (laughs) Not, Not the classes. Minusing them out. Minusing the classes, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you don't get to just walk around Ada either. Right, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, it's a little bit bigger town than I was in than Ada. You know, I think Ada's right around five or 6,000 people in the city that I was playing in, I think, was like 250,000. So definitely quite the difference between those two. Well, and it's funny, too, because kind of in that vein, you know, it's more common to see a tall blonde kid out just walking around than it is in Ada if everybody just goes, I know who that guy is. Yeah, I would say that's true, yes and no. The only thing is, I've noticed this in Spain, the people over there, and granted our area, in this area of Ohio, is naturally taller, so, you know, it's hard to compare. But in Spain, everyone's like a lot shorter. So, you know, even walking around there, you still kind of stick out like a sore thumb. (laughs) Not not all places, but a good majority of them you do. Do you have anybody in your family who's under like five nine? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I didn't family, think so. Yeah, everyone in my family is six foot and above. So every time that I've ever seen your family around a tournament games, regular season games, state tournament, whatever, I I look around and I go, well, there's the Bruns family. Well, how do you know that's all that? Just look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, I know my mom when she was when we were younger in high school. You know, she when I hadn't fully grown yet, and neither had my younger brother Nathan. She was always like, "Yeah, I'm six foot, which is generally pretty tall, especially for a girl." She's like, "But I'm still going to be the shortest one in my family," which is really weird to think about. <laughs> my family, now, I don't think it, I think just my stepdad is over six foot tall. So yeah, no, I get it. It's the other side of the coin. 
Did that help you kind of growing up, though? Kind of talk about late spurts, about you're an exceptional ball handler for a guy your size, and that has always been something that everybody that I've heard seen you play has has talked about. Yeah, I would. So I think the biggest thing for me is my growth spurt kind of came consistently. So, you know, I had a few years where I definitely grew more than others, but for the most part, it was generally only one or two inches every year. So I could kind of keep, you know, everything in coordination. You know, sometimes people grow so fast, you know, they jump from like six foot to six, five in one summer. And next thing you know, you know, it's I mean, it's hard adjusting to that body when you've only, you know, had it for that short amount of time in playing. So I think the biggest thing for me is I grew steadily so I could always kind of keep what I had learned. And even though, you know, I had grown a little bit, it was really nate. Uh, you know, really small bit, and it didn't affect me as much. With being at home, kind of trying to obviously think about what happens next after whatever, whenever the world so-called gets back to normal, for you, how do you sort of stay in shape right now with everything closed and stay in kind of that basketball mode? Yeah, so right now it's it's definitely uh, a harder challenge to do right now. But kind of right now, I'm just running outside, and then I I got like a kettlebell or two and a little like a small weight set that I built out in our building. Cause Dad had some wood laying around and things like that, so I built my own makeshift weight set for this time period. And then it's basically just you know going out and running and riding my bike. So it's definitely a lot harder than what it is when everything's open. But that's part of it. You just gotta get through it. So. I would imagine probably everybody near you has said, well, I got some farm chores if you want to get, you know, back in shape doing that. Right. Yeah. I would be happy to volunteer, but unfortunately I have to wait until I'm off of my court. Not, I don't technically have to do it, but when they come in, when you fly in from a foreign country like that, they recommend that you 14 or self quarantine for 14 days. That way, in case you do have it, you don't spread it to anyone else. So, as soon as I'm off of that, I, I would be more than happy to go out and help someone because sitting around the house all day doesn't help a lot. And, you know, it's gotten better this week because, you know, the past two days, the sun has at least come out and it's gotten warmer. So I've been able to go outside more. But last week when it was raining almost every day, it was like, man, is this ever going to end? Well, it was a Friday or Saturday where everybody was just going outside because it had been 45, 50, 60 and then Mother Nature just decided, well, that's fine. We're just going to snow three inches, and you'll stay inside. Right, exactly. Welcome home, kid. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> That'd be exactly how Mother Nature would be responding to you. Welcome home, kid. Right, exactly. It's so crazy, though, but uh, what, uh, what do you want to accomplish next? I mean, do you have a thought on going back to Spain, or would you like to kind of try to figure out something closer to home? Um. I think a lot of it, you know, just like last last summer was, you know, last summer I definitely want to try it, but, you know, this summer I think I'll look at more of the offers that I get and, you know, the level and things like that that they're at. And hopefully, you know, I, ideally if I were to get another good offer, I would definitely, I wouldn't say 100% for sure go back because never, nothing's ever for sure, but, you know, if I got a good offer, I'd say I, I would be very likely to go back, you know, whether that country is Spain or if it's a different one in Germany or France, you know, one of those countries, if they were to offer me. So I, I would say a lot of it will depend on the offers. But, you know, that's another thing that I'll have to wait until the summer to see what all happens with them. So Coaching is after basketball is done, right? Yeah, normally. I haven't I haven't thought a whole lot about coaching yet. You know, obviously, I would think it'd be something that I'd like to do just to kind of, you know, because I had a, such a good experience with everything, and I feel like I've learned a lot, too, from all the coaches that I've had, so, you know, to give back to kids that are younger. But it's also not a guarantee either. But I think I don't, I don't think I'd ever like to be a head coach. I think I don't I – don't, think I foresee that in my future I could be wrong maybe just like an assistant or something like that I think I can deal with that just kind of help give back right exactly 
Well, awesome. I wish you the best of luck and uh, good luck with the quarantine. I hope you're able to find maybe that uh, the Tiger Show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter recently, how everyone's sort of watching that now. So That's maybe all that my Twitter that is. Yeah, <laughs> kind of sprung up out of nowhere. <laughs> People do insane things and get filmed that you can bet yeah. during a pandemic, it's probably going to become popular. Right. Yeah, that's very true. People have a lot more time on their hands to watch whatever. So, uh, when you kind of when everything gets back to normal again, people want to keep up with you. How do they do that? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Bruns underscore Ryan, and then I also have Instagram too at RR Bruns. But I would say the best thing for getting the information out is you know listening to podcasts like this, or you know the paper writes an article because that's generally how how I make most of my, or, you know, people reaching out to me. So, well, awesome. I thank you. And I, I'd love to have you on anytime you want to come on. Alrighty. Hey, thank you very much. That's Ryan Bruns back with more of the show after this. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah. And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Hi, this is Tom Brenneman with the Cincinnati Red, and you're listening to Michael Hearn. Back here on the show now, and for a while I've been talking about the coronavirus and the effects that it's had on the season and about the young men, and uh, I've talked to a lot of kids, and they'll just kind of say, yeah, it sucks, yeah, something like that, but if you read Twitter and you talk to this young man and Cade Whitaker, you'll understand that he's got a, a very adult perspective of everything that's going on. Cade, is that just... I mean, you, you kind of go with it, or you just kind of see it a different way? Um, I kind of say I see it a different way. Um, I've kind of grown up playing sports. Like, I understand. I mean, and any kid who's been playing sports will understand, like, this situation is something that we've never seen before. My, my, my dad's been very uh, – my dad, my stepmom, uh, Natalie, who I live with right now, um, they've, they've been very uh, supportive about the whole situation, kind of leading me the right way and telling me – tell me what what this is like truly about and uh, a good way to look at it and stuff like that so well, i mean it's obviously different for you because you're involved in so many different things and you were in the midst of a run to the state for wrestling and that in itself is such a long and sort of odd process because you guys didn't know and you more than anybody else being wrestlers have that the weight issue of, you know, if you wait too long or don't, it's kind of not easy to just pick up a bat, pick up a ball, jump right back into it. Yeah. Um, so that whole thing, I would kind of say, so I was sitting actually in my coach's office when I found out on that uh, Thursday that it was canceled. We were, we were like an hour away from leaving. Um, and it kind of just seemed so surreal. Like it didn't really seem like real for sure. Um, I was actually sitting in there with the other state qualifier from our team, uh, Caleb Snodgrass. We were kind of just talking about it. Like, I feel like there's too many people trying to get answers when there's no answers for any of this. This is, this is nothing that Jerry Snodgrass or Governor DeWine or anybody in that sense has, has ever experienced. Nobody has experienced any of this. So there's no answers and there's too many people who are trying to get answers out of this when there's not any. So a lot of people are just playing the, the blame game and that's, that's not right. So. Well, and I love that you brought up Jerry because I, I talked to him on a pretty frequent basis and he's been on the show a couple times talking about everything going on. He says of Cade, you're why I have so much faith in our next generation. Yes, we hurt for what we're missing and what's being denied, but we understand that you as a leader know the most important thing is what comes out of this. And he thanked you. I mean, that's that's pretty cool consider where that comes from. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I read it yesterday and I, I instantly went down and showed my dad. I was like, Hey man, like, this is awesome. Like, like Jerry Snodgrass just replied to me. I mean, I, I'm just glad like, like he's seen that, you know what I mean? Like, cause during a situation like this, I'm sure a guy like that, I mean, he's taken so much like from every different angle. So I'm sure it's always nice for him to, you know, see that somebody's that, that there is still some people that still have his back, you know what I mean? And understand where he's coming from. So, 
Well, from talking to him, I can tell you that the big thing is is that you went at him respectfully and that mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who don't exactly do that on Twitter. Yeah, no. No. His re- really his I'm, retweets I'm, are great. Oh yeah. He's, he's <laughs> a very he's good at what he does. But I think that's cool though for it works for me obviously as a member of the media, but I think it's neat for for the kids to be able to see the transparency of, all right, they're not just sitting up there counting money while we're sitting at home bored. This is people actually care about your well-being. And and it's, I'm sure, though, still hard to stomach of you pretty much have lost your whole senior year. Yeah, the the one thing, I'll never forget this. So I've never legitimately have talked to Jerry Snodgrass before. And I, um, I, I've, I've been looking at his, at his Twitter ever since the whole coronavirus thing got into topic because I was, you know, I was staying up to date on the state tournament and stuff like that. And um, I remember him tweeting a picture of the tunnel walking into the shot uh, in Columbus. And he said, he said, I remember looking over my shoulder for the last time walking out of this tunnel or something along those lines. And like, like that picture and like that, like what he said is so meaningful, like to, to any athlete, if you understand like what that means, like I understand if like the underclassmen don't get it, but like I remember like districts, like walking out of my my, my go to state match, like it was just absolutely everything. Like, but and and he and he posted that picture. I instantly was like, all right, like this guy gets it. Like, so ever since that, I've kind of kind of been on his side. So, well, and you look at your year, you guys win another BVC title at Van Buren, five straight, and and that's crazy to think, yes, your high school career as far as that goes is over, but you don't know anything else other than winning BVC titles in that sport. Is that, I mean, you put in a lot of hard work, I know that, but kind of crazy, now you're removed from it, you can look back and go, man, that's that's a pretty nice run, our work paid off. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, five straight was definitely an easy task, but, um, I, I, I told these, all these underclassmen, uh, me and Caleb Snodgrass both, uh, we were up in the wrestling room every day at practice and at the end of practice, we'd always have a few words to say. And, and one thing I told them on that last district practice is as I leave, I hope that I gave you guys shoes that can be filled. So I, I hope those guys step up and, uh, and, and keep it going because there's still a future ahead of uh, Van Buren wrestling and just Van Buren schools in general. And uh, this wrestling team still has so much potential. Uh, they're losing a lot of seniors. Uh, they're they're going to be young next year, but um, I, I hope I hope I gave them I, I hope I left something for them to to build off of. So you go from. Uh... 182 down to 170 this year. You go 37 and 11. At what point was the the drop of you're going to drop down a class? Well, uh, when I was when I was walking around at 182, I was kind of I, I wasn't 182 pounds. So you had guys <laughs> who dropped from 195 to 182 who after would weigh in would go and eat and would weigh 185, 186 pounds and be wrestling right. So. I was I was walking around at 178, 179 pounds, and I'd weigh in easily. I could eat, I could drink, I could kind of do whatever. And uh, they, these guys, they, they were stronger than I was. So I was like, I'm going to make the drop. Uh, 170 seems the most the most worthy for myself. So I dropped down, and then around sectional time came around. 160 was probably one of the hardest weight classes in the state, hands down. 170 and 182 was pretty was pretty uh stacked as well so i was kind of sitting in that happy median and um he as soon as sectionals came my coach showed me the bracket and uh we were kind of looking at all the other sectionals and it seemed like everybody from 160 not everybody but some people from 160 went up and some people from 182 went down so i was like all right well 170 just took a leap so so it was going to be a battle. So. Well, and it's kind of crazy because the way that you talk about that, your draw would have been, I mean, a decent opponent, the defending champ, 30-0, and and Connor Becker. Yeah. That's that's not uh, a cupcake in the first round. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, I, I was I was really looking forward to that match. Um, I mean, if, if you know me, I like to compete. I uh, 
I was I was really 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 looking forward to that match. I wanted to, I wanted to go out there and see where I stood. I mean, everybody at the state tournament belongs there, so I kind of wanted to go out there and make a statement because I knew if I went out there and, and beat him, I mean, there was no reason why I couldn't be on the top of the podium at that tournament. So, but yeah, uh, after seeing my draw, I was, I was pretty excited. Um, I was I was nervous. I wasn't scared. I was nervous, but I was ready to go. I want to ask you, too, people who maybe don't uh, follow wrestling as closely as uh, obviously you do, but that difference between when you do your way in a couple of pounds here or there, how much does that really affect what goes on in your match? Oh, man. Um, well, wrestling, okay, when you're, when you're losing weight, you can do it either the healthy way or you can do it the comfortable and not healthy way, which a lot of people choose the comfortable and not healthy way. And what I mean by that is these, these guys such as myself, even at 170 or these guys at 182 or, and so on, they'll eat whatever they want for the first three days of the week. And then the last few days they won't eat or, eat or drink anything. So as soon as they step on the scale and once they get done, they'll eat and drink and all that weight just comes right back on. So there is an instance if they're wrestling 170 and they gain that weight, they're gaining like six pounds. It's like 176, like on a Saturday on a two day tournament. So it's, it's, it's definitely different. Cause like I could just tell at like 170, like I was that guy this time. Like I wasn't, I wasn't the one giving up all the way. I was, I was the guy gaining the weight and then wrestling kids who were walking around at 168 pounds. So I, I mean, it, there's definitely a difference. When you go through basketball or baseball or football, or anything else, basically, uh, what do you? Where are you at for that? Um, I would say mid one eighties, probably one eighty five to one ninety around there. So, oh yeah, I was walking around my junior year at two hundred pounds going into baseball season. And that's and obviously I, that's something that you kind of look at a little bit in what Jerry had talked about it and what the OHSA put out of the reason why that was one of their big reasons was they didn't want kids like yourself to have to gain or cut so much weight constantly between now and who knows? Oh yeah. I mean, it, that's the thing. I mean, it, that's why I hate when I see like, like even, even parents of, of the store, like saying like, just, just let the kids do it. This is so much more like, like there's no possible way I would ever stay 170 pounds until, you know, April 6th. There's no way, which would have been the most, the, the quickest time we could have had that state tournament. There, there's no possible way. I mean, there, there's really not. So, and like that whole Twitter thing, I, I don't know if you plan on bringing it up yesterday, like how I responded to uh, Mr. Snodgrass. It wasn't anything like, like I was not like coming at that lady by any means, but, um, but what she said is like the whole um, thought of this whole generation with this, this whole coronavirus thing. It's just, I don't know. I don't think people are understanding the fact that it's it's not it's not the the age ranges that is affecting us. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not scared about myself getting it, and I'm sure either like any other athlete is, and I'm sure I can speak for all of them. But like, kind of what I said, she was talking about. I kind of looked at her Twitter before I replied. She she has a daughter who plays softball. I'm I'm guessing she's pretty good or whatever. Um, and she kind of said, just let them play. And that's kind of why I referred to, like, like, are we just supposed to, you know, sleep on the field and not go home to our loved ones? Like, I don't, like, I've, I've heard some things about wrestling mats. I don't think that's anywhere I just want to sleep. Yeah, no, no, not, not even a little bit. No, you don't <laughs> want to sleep on wrestling mats. Some Spencerville coaches have told me some things over the years, and that's not a place I want to go. But, yeah, what are yeah, you going to do? Just pull up a dirt mound and just take a nap? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I can't. I, I, I have to come home. Like, and if I get it, no, I would, I would rather, I'd rather have to come home and, and understand that this situation is bigger than just the sport. So. Well, and again, you know, kind of to go back, and we're not trying to harp on it. We're just trying to kind of explain the situation. I've been impressed with your maturity, and I've been able to follow you for the last handful of years with uh, baseball and Legion baseball and stuff like that. But to I mean, you essentially lose out twice because you lose for the foreseeable future baseball as well. And that's, you know, hey, I, I want to get out in the spring and who knows if any of that's even going to happen with school now being delayed until at least May 1st. Yeah, right. I mean, if, if anybody like, 
anyone who knows me would tell you that that baseball's kind of always been my thing. I've I, this is one of my first love. I I absolutely love baseball. Uh, it's, it's it's probably my favorite sport. Um, I mean, I love wrestling as well, but baseball has always been like you know just kind of my thing. And um, I was I was I was banking on this year. If I'm being completely honest, I mean it, it's hard to think about. I I was banking on this year for college. I um my sophomore year I had a pretty strong year in baseball, and then like going into my junior year, which was when you covered the uh, cold water game. Um, I was I was throwing pretty well that game, and then uh, over summer ball, I, I really felt myself start to click, and I was I was ready for spring ball. I was, I was doing some off season work with uh, Coach Lance, and that kind of stuff. I was I was ready I was ready to kind of show you know what I've worked for for so long like this year and then it kind of just got taken away but again like it's it's nobody's fault so it's funny you talk about that cold water game I remember saying during that game that I felt bad for you at one point because it just seemed like you were you were throwing well but whatever bad luck the baseball gods could give your team it seemed like you were going to get that yeah yeah it came down to a missed fly ball I mean I'll never forget that moment um it was I think I had even I had even written it out in the in my book and had to go back and change it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was close. It was close. There was two outs. There was two outs as well with a guy on first and second. So that's why baseball is is so crazy for people who oh it's too boring and not enough happens whatever. Yeah, but it's going to come down to one thing, and it's going to be a thing you've never had you've never seen happen before. Exactly, exactly, and. And, and baseball, I mean, if, if if you say baseball is boring, you've never watched a good baseball game, and that's just my opinion. But I I was gonna make a joke that they're probably Reds fans, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, three of the last four years I've been a, I've been an Indians fan and have seen the Indians last game, and it ended in horror. So I really can't say anything. <laughs> but uh, no, I thank you so much for doing this. I hope that whatever does come next for you. That uh, it it's amazing, and that it's that it uh, works out. Hey, I appreciate it. Seriously, thank you. Back with more after this here on the show. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah. And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Back here on the show now, talking it to the Daily Standard Boys Basketball Dream Team Coach of the Year in Doug Hughes from Parkway. That's got a nice ring to it, I would imagine. Yeah, it does. There's uh, a lot of hard work that's went into it. And, you know, what they always say, if you got the Jimmys and Joes, you're a good coach. So uh, I definitely had the Jimmys and Joes this year with uh, some uh, outstanding uh, athletes. And uh, but it is a very nice honor. Yeah, you had uh, quite a, a few good Jimmys and Joes, two of the top scorers and rebounders in the MAC, and Caleb Kenny. Does a lot of great things, breaks the school record. But I love, I heard a couple of different interviews with you that when you talked about that young man, it was about how the team put him in that position and how they reacted when he broke the record. Yeah, that's the thing that's been so satisfying with this uh, group is that they're all in it for each other. They're a very close-knit bunch. And uh, you can see that uh, when you watch us play. That uh, we, They play very well together. They play uh, for each other. Uh, they're willing to do whatever it takes to uh, make Parkway successful. And uh, they were just uh, thrilled to death. Uh, you know, if you've been able to see the reaction when uh, he broke a school record this year at 46 points in a game. And uh, also when he uh, went over 1,000 points. And then when he broke the school record at New Knoxville, it was, uh, it, it was quite the scene in that everyone was extremely excited. and, and uh, they were, they're all a great group of high school basketball players, and uh, it's just been a true pleasure to coach them. It's funny you brought up New Knoxville. I, I have always adored going to the barn and being able to do games from there, but I thought the coolest takeaway from that <laughs> night was how the New Knoxville fans celebrated. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do, but they were able to recognize that moment. 
Yeah, they not only recognized it, but uh, they were uh, uh, very welcoming to the uh, to the Parkway uh, fans and to the uh, you know to allowing us to uh, uh, get the game ball and to uh, recognize Caleb. Uh, uh, they were just a very class act, but it doesn't really surprise us as that's Mac basketball. That's the, the league that uh, we compete in, and uh, that says a lot about our uh, 10 member schools. And uh, it was just a very nice gesture uh, on New Knoxville's part. It was a special evening for uh, Caleb, his family, and Parkway. Well, I've always thought those are interesting, too, because it's, you know, it's not as if in the night you're talking about where he has 46 of all right, he, he got so many, but it just happens to be he got the right basket against them. So it's not bad to celebrate as a, the other team. No, the, the night that he broke a school record at uh, for uh, points scored in a career at New Knoxville, I think he may have had uh, uh, you know, 17 or, or 19 points there, and it was a very close game throughout. And so uh, he, did, he did a great job, and our guys did a great job giving him basketball uh, in, in position to score, and that's something that uh, he's been very, very blessed with. Is that uh, we've got uh, an awful lot of unselfish players, and, and like you said, it was a, a very fun night there at New Knoxville. I love the story. I mean, you get to go through this run that you guys were on. I guess now to speak of it, with your son, what's that like? Uh, it is. Uh, it's interesting to say the least because, uh, uh, you know, at times, uh, most of the time I'm <laughs> extremely hard on him, uh, in, uh, practices and, uh, and we're able to, uh, to make it work. Um, I know that it's, it's been a struggle at times, but it's always, uh, it's also been extremely rewarding and, uh, him being the point guard, uh, hold adds a whole nother, uh, you know, dimension to it because uh, he's heard me uh, say for a number of years how important it is to take and cherish each possession offensively, and he goes and throws the ball away two straight possessions. I think that uh, everyone knows what's about to happen uh, <laughs> at that point, and uh, you know, so it's been it's been uh, very interesting, but extremely, extremely, extremely rewarding, and to see the growth in this team uh, from last year to this year. And to see him continue to grow into a uh, more complete player, and uh, it, it's been uh, very rewarding. I can imagine that would be kind of an awkward thing at times. Of all right, I want to explain something to him as the coach, but I want to encourage him as the dad. And where's the happy medium on that? Yeah, it's uh, usually uh, it, it's a little bit of both because as he'll tell you from time to time I treat him differently than I do uh, uh, some other point guards maybe that uh, turn the ball over in that situation but it is uh, uh, difficult uh, to continue to uh, work with him and, and get through things and uh, you know uh, not completely uh, lose it uh, when he does turn the ball over and things like that but him playing the point uh, it does put a little more uh, you know, he's got the ball in his hands a lot. And so uh, as the coach, you know, uh, when you're stressing about uh, cherishing possessions and those sorts of things, it does make it uh, a little more interesting. When you left the last time you come back after being gone for a number of years, was he kind of the, the major point in that? Or kind of what led to that decision to come back to Parkway? Well, when I left after, uh, when I left after six years of being the head coach here, our youth program had no direction, and that was directly uh, on me as a head basketball coach. I had to get that figured out. We weren't doing what we needed to to be competitive in our conference or even in our non-league, and I needed to get that taken care of. So when I left, when this year's seniors were in third grade was when I had left the program, and we started what we call basketball shootouts where different schools come to play at Parkway in grades uh, three, four, five, and six, boys and girls. We pick out six dates during the winter, two in December, two in January, and two in February, which we invite schools to come to Parkway to play. And then we, our teams, our third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boys and girls teams play against those teams. And normally we get between 30 and 40 
teams to come in on those days. And our kids can stay here and play against great competition. So I had kind of borrowed the idea or stole the idea from some Indiana schools. And so when Dylan was in second grade and this year's seniors were in third grade, I started those, uh, those, that youth basketball program. And, uh, it's really worked well in giving us a uh, fighting chance with the schedule that we play in the league that we play in so that when our kids get to seventh and eighth grade, uh, we're competitive. And it's worked very well for us as a feeder program. You come out of a two and three start. You get those back-to-back losses overtime with Crestview on the road at Fort Recovery by just a handful of points. But at that point, kind of where are you guys at? What do you think you need to change where is that team at well a couple things we had talked about after those uh tough losses where we had had uh you know i think we're sitting at two and three and uh we had lost some very close basketball games uh on last second shots two of them on last second shots at Fort recovering at bakins uh we talked about the same thing on uh, each of those losses uh we talked about making sure that we understand that Basketball is a marathon. It is a very long season. We're just uh, starting the uh, season. And that the biggest thing we've got to understand is we've got to continue to grind and work hard and practice. But above everything else, we've got to stay together and we've got to stay strong as a group and continue to encourage each other to work hard every day and practice. And good things will happen to this group. And uh, lo and behold, it did. You might have one of my favorite quotes in any interview when you were asked about the shot clock, about how it's on you in terms of being more prepared because there was a lot of kind of thought on it. Maybe Ohio should do that with the way some games turned out this year. Is that just a, why, why are you against the shot clock specifically? I just look back at the history of high school basketball and the games that, uh, you know, I, I remember, and I just think it's part of the strategy. Um, you know, so if I'm going up against uh, Eric Rosenbeck at, at St. Henry or Kirk Guttermiller at uh, Marion Local, you know, I'm going to be have something in a trap, a couple traps, what we're going to do, how we're going to rotate off those traps on the backside, what our rules are going to be, those different things that I'm preparing for in preparation for uh, playing those opponents, knowing that they may go four corners with a four-point lead with three minutes to go. Now, what are we going to do? You know, because if we go and we man them up and we just play straight up, uh, number one, they may be able to hold the ball. Number two, they may end up slicing and dicing us and getting the layup. So we're going to come with a trap. We're going to try to get the ball on the side of the court, use the sideline as a trapping and, and get those traps and and then rotate on the backside and try to get a steal or, or just try to force a, a shot, try to force a little more tempo so that we can get the ball back. I'm not saying it always works, but I'm saying it's uh, something that I think it's, it's strategy on both ends. It's strategy for the team that wants to hold it because we're, we'll, as Parkway, we've bought into that now where we'll hold the ball and, and take some time, especially when we feel good about having three guys that can really handle it and are strong with the ball up top. We'll do some of that now. So it's strategy from an offensive standpoint as well as a defensive standpoint and that uh, from an offensive standpoint, you got to be very confident in your ball handlers. They're going to make good decisions because if you're going to go to it with a three or four point lead with, you know, two or three minutes to go, you're one turnover away from uh, not looking so good as a coach. I talked to Chris Sutter on the show last week and he talked about how they were so looking forward when the news was coming out about the season being canceled of playing Parkway in the regional finals and how much respect he had for you and your program. That's uh, I, I feel like that one could have had elements of a track meet to it if that had happened. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, it's funny you say that because uh, we really felt that in order for us to win and we were very confident that we could go in there and, and get the W. Um, but just like Chris said to you last week, he's very confident that uh, they're going to uh, get on to Columbus and, and continue, uh, you know, riding what is an unbelievable uh, streak uh, that they have going, you know, being undefeated and, and a dream season for them as well. But we were very confident going into the Grove game that uh, we would keep the score down 
into the high 30s and low 40s. And, you know, you talk about it being a track meet. I think a track meet would have definitely favored uh, Columbus Grove. But I liked our matchups with uh, Nick Hawk and Dylan Hughes and Caden Slusher. Uh, I, I just uh, have a ton of confidence in them defensively and what they could have done in a game uh, like that. Well, I can tell you it's not really a secret that I and thousands of people were looking forward to seeing that. But he said something last week, Chris, did that I kind of want to get your thoughts on. They go through last year and they get to uh, the regional semis and they fall. And he said, you know, 26-0 is nice, number one is nice, all that that comes with that. It just shows, you know, we, we haven't lost, we've worked hard. But now next year, our bar is even higher that our goal was to get through the regionals this year and get to Columbus. We don't have an ending for this. Does that give you guys a little bit of pressure being a regional finalist next year of getting to Columbus? I hope. You know, I hope that that's where our program is headed. I hope that that's uh, what our next step is. Uh, you know, uh, Chris had an unbelievable season to do what they did with the schedule that they had. Uh, that's just an unbelievable uh, job of keeping his guys focused. And uh, that's just a tremendous uh, uh, coaching job by him. Uh, we hope that, uh, you know, that this success uh, has our players hungry. Um, because it's, uh, you know, we feel that it was a very special season, but left us awfully hungry for more. And I think one could uh, say the same for uh, Columbus Grove and a number of other uh, local teams. Well, and and how hard is it for you kind of coming back this second time of, I I don't want to, I don't know how else to say this, but from a lot of outside perspective of changing the culture, changing how Parkway is looked at, because it's always they'll play hard, but one of in one of your kids said it in an interview. I forget who it was. You know, the perception is always, "Oh, that's just Parkway." Yeah, well, one of the things we talk a lot about our guys with uh, this year is just gaining some respect and and that uh, uh, changing what people think of Parkway. And I think a lot of that goes with with uh, talent. What we had talked about earlier is developing a feeder system so that when you move into junior high basketball, you're giving your kids a fighting chance in that they've played a high level basketball against a lot of these max schools, against a lot of the great competitive schools in our area uh, in fifth and sixth grade basketball. And so when we made those changes to the feeder program, it's really helped to, uh, to develop skills, and get our kids interested in basketball at an early age. A lot of our guys are playing AU. Um, in fact, Dylan, my son, plays with uh, three kids from uh, Columbus Grove. So there was a connection there. You know, so uh, just getting our guys to, to be able to, to be competitive in, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade carries right on into junior high and carries right on to high school. And a lot of what we've done is create a, a real interest in basketball an interest that maybe wasn't there you know say uh uh, five six years ago what has the community support been like this year at parkway oh it's been unbelievable it has been unreal the support that we've gotten from this community and and the crowds continuing to grow each and every game uh you know the the crowd we had uh at at uh walpock uh, there in the district semifinals was unreal, and then to come back in the district finals and and, and uh, uh, sell it out, um, just unbelievable. The support that we've gotten from all three local communities, Wilshire, Rockford, and Minden, and uh, it's just been something that, uh, something we'll never forget, that's for sure. When you are able to kind of remove emotion from it and look back at this year, are there one or two things that stick out to you personally? Uh, it's been really special uh, from the get-go to know where we were when we started the year and then, you know, the, the different setbacks that we had, especially early on in the year and how we never uh, lost, lost track of uh, who we were or what we were about. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, being together and being a close knit group. 
who just works extremely hard and plays for all the right reasons, plays for each other. Talked about our effort and our unselfishness and the enthusiasm. Doesn't matter if you're uh, a guy that doesn't play a whole lot or if you're one of the starters, that everyone's enthusiastic and we're all in this thing together. And to see where we started and, and where we ended, it's been uh, the most rewarding year I've ever had in coaching. And I think it's uh, something that uh, no one in this community or uh, any one uh, player or any one coach will ever forget. That is, uh, you guys have been so much fun to watch it and just to see the community. I have a lot of friends in Rockford and, and they constantly, hey, you know, you got to see what this team's doing and, and you got to see what happens this week and watch out for this. And I, I love the energy that's coming from out that way. Uh, congratulations on, on what happened this year and hopefully it continues into next year. Yeah, it's been very special and we appreciate all the support and uh, we do look forward to uh, to having our chance next year. I want to ask you this. I've been asking every coach uh, before you go, during your downtime, which it appears there's plenty of, what uh, what book have you read lately or what book are you reading that you would recommend for people to check out? Well, to, needless to say, I haven't had a whole lot of downtime. Uh, <laughs> now the season's in it, I'm having some downtime. But, uh, you know, it's quite the grind during the four or five-month basketball season. So I haven't... I read uh, a lot last summer and into the fall. Read uh, a book by or a couple books there by Urban Meyer, and uh, you know I've read uh, some others. But uh, I'm going to get back into it now that I have some downtime. I'm working on uh, finishing up some stuff with the, uh, the getting the banquet stuff ready. I, you know when we have the banquet and those sorts of things. So. If you give me a uh, couple months here during the summer, I'll get back to you in August on that. Right. I'll have those books done. We'll look for uh, the Doug Hughes reading list come August. There you go. There you go. Again, thank you. At the beach this summer. Right. (laughs) All right. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it, Michael. That's Doug Hughes, the boys basketball head coach at Parkway. Big thanks again to Ryan, Doug, and Cade for being a part of the show this week and talking a little bit about things going on in their neighborhood. I had a cool idea of uh, kind of revisiting old games in the way that they ended, but I, I didn't have the uh, the audio I was looking for for this week. I'm going to get it and try to play it next week. One of the basketball games I was thinking of a couple of days ago was the anniversary of the game where TJ Metzger for OG hit nine threes against Ironton in the semifinals and ended up, uh, ended up just a heck of a game in Columbus. And uh, so many cool things to try to be able to bring and try to find all the audio to make those things happen, if uh, you know we did a game, either KKI, ZOQZ Sports, whatever, and uh, you want to hear part of it, just uh, let me know what it is, and you can find me on Twitter, and we'll take care of it. But uh, big thanks to Ryan, Doug, and Cade for being a part of this week's show. More next week, and uh, a couple of terrific guests lined up. See how that goes when we come back to another episode of Around the Hearn in just a week. Stay safe. And have a great night and even better tomorrow. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.